right, welcome to Growing Together, a podcast of Central Presbyterian Church. This podcast is about learning to grow together as a family united to Jesus. So, in many ways, this podcast is not unlike being at a family dinner table, around a fire, or any other places families gather. So, welcome. Take a seat, and let's get going. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Growing Together. Uh, we're excited to explore what makes Central Central. I'm Cole Lesher, and I'm the pastor of college and young adults here at Central. And with me is Matt Woodson, uh, assistant director of student ministry, and just a man among men of beards. Seriously, it just keeps growing and keeps going, and it makes me so happy. So hello, Matt. Hey, uh, if you have any questions about how to grow a beard, my number one tip is just don't don't shave. I, valid point. I, I really enjoy that. Uh, next up, who knows so much about beards is Karen Brown. <laughs> Karen. <laughs> well, you haven't seen me in person in a while, so you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Karen is the director of family ministries here at Central. And man, has just done so much in her uh, years here. So I'm excited for her to be with us. You can say hi now, Karen. We've already, you know, you're here. Hi. All right. Yeah. Hi. Well, the first question, as I was thinking about interviewing the person who works specifically with early childhood now, and but also, you know, is, is over the whole family ministries. I don't know about you. My childhood was pretty uh, interesting at times in regards to funny stories. Like my mom the other day was sending me pictures of me as a kid they just found like a box of pictures she sent one it looked exactly like my youngest son owen like it was ridiculous it was so weird but like the question is uh what kind of memory or or recollection do you have of childhood that Mm -hmm. you've had recently you know i don't know about you i get flashbacks all the time whether they're through pictures like i said or in any way so i'm looking at this picture and i see this sword that i used to love It was before, you know, the pool noodles, but it was that same kind of material. Yeah. There was this weird sword that used to have uh, in the handle. It had these little, um, little plastic things that when you would sword fight, they would try to hit it and you'd score a point. The sad part, I was the only child, so I don't know who I was playing that game with, but (laughs) somebody, I guess, uh, maybe maybe my moms were doing that uh, on a regular basis, uh, maybe let me win, Uh, but uh, I just remember that it was that flashback of like, <laughs> I used to run through the house with this sword thinking I was this epic, you know, warrior. Yeah, it was just like a good time to think through of like, oh, you know, hey, that was my childhood. You know, so what, what about y'all? What Do you have any like memories recently? Like, do you think back of kind of your childhood experience? Uh, yes. So I used to be a big goody two shoes growing up. And I remember one year my dad and i bought these illegal fireworks and we were setting them off on the fourth of july and like probably not the safest thing but we had this big old firework and my dad accidentally kind of like messed up the trajectory of one and one of them exploded over our neighbor's house and then two minutes later this police cruiser comes by and I, I I tell the police officer, I'm like, hey, did you see that awesome firework that my dad just blew over <laughs> our neighbor's house? And my dad's like, oh, Matt, 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 no, don't, no, 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 no. But uh, Oh, man. Well, we just learned that you've done illegal things. So we'll check that off uh, in your, your annual review. And we're never going to tell you our secrets. 
You you have words that I am willing to cooperate with the police, and I am always willing. (laughs) I'm always willing to repent on behalf of other people. I just I just love the message of like your pride for your father in that moment because you're like, did you see what my dad did? I mean, he almost caught a house on fire, but it was amazing. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, What about you, Karen? So when I was little, I used to do this all the time. I would get the croquet mallets out and I used to like act like those were like crutches and wrap my foot up and lie to all my neighborhood friends and tell them that I had broken my leg or I'd wrap my arm up in a dish towel and some masking tape and try to convince them that I had a cast on. I don't know, because I was the youngest and needed attention or, or what, but it just brought back that memory of me trying to convince somebody that the croquet mount for my crutches and I broke my leg and just the look on their face. Yeah. We're not fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was kind of like that too. I, my, my mom makes fun of me all the time whenever I get hurt and she goes, Oh, do you need a wrap for that? Do you need a wrap? <laughs> Cause apparently as a kid, I was obsessed with, Oh, I hurt my mm-hmm. leg. I need, I need a, I need a bandage or I need a wrap or whatever. Right. So, and then I was, you know, boy who cried wolf most of the life after that. So, you know, I'd come in with a broken arm and they're like, do you need a wrap? I'm like, no, I, I do. I need attention. Like, this is broken. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Let's go to the emergency room. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's a lesson out there for all memory. you. Don't pretend to break your arms. No, they'll come back to bite you. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to move into a little more about you, Karen. Tell us about Karen. Who is Karen? And I'm so sorry. Let's all take a moment of sadness for the fact that your name is being used as a, oh, as a, as a rough thing in society right now. <laughs> all the Karens in the world who don't act like Karens, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry for you. Uh, I know. I really considered changing my name. <laughs> yeah. She's literally the best boss I've ever had. And it's just oh, so, I mean, if you want to give me a raise for that, <laughs> good, good. <laughs> but, uh, Cha-ching. yeah, it's so funny because I don't associate Karen with that name. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it because it's getting a bad rap right now. And I was considering changing it to Mother Teresa. That has a pretty good reputation. <laughs> yeah, they're, people are pretty into that one. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. Just go with Care Bear. That's the name. That's, that's oh, it. Gosh. Like, that's always my favorite name. <laughs> we were actually just talking about the most recent Super Bowl commercial where people like apologize and give M&Ms to people. For, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I did this. And then it's like, I'm sorry I called you Karen. And then the woman says, but my name is Karen. And then the woman gives her another packet of M&Ms <laughs> saying, I'm sorry, your name's Karen. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people yeah. texted me after that commercial came <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They're like, sorry, your name's Karen. Yeah, yeah, that's that's real life. Right. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, anywhere from you know what what was growing up like and coming to faith and and all of that, and maybe even your call of of working with children. You've been a teacher. You've done all sorts of things and worked with children for a long time, and you deal with math. So (laughs) maybe we should start there. No, Um, (laughs) no, I love working with Matt and. um, I love working with kids. I have um, born and raised in St. Louis. I uh, lived here my whole life in a wonderful family. Um, my parents are still living. I have an older sister. And really, I just had a great childhood. Just felt loved and safe and just such a blessing to grow up in a home where parents love God and love me. I can't remember a day when I didn't really love Jesus. And so that's also just 
huge blessing for me. And I grew up and went to Catholic school all growing up and just really kind of grew in my faith. God used my Catholic church and Catholic community, Catholic schools, really to draw me closer to him all throughout. And then as an adult, I went to a women's Bible study because they had free child care. So once nice. my oldest was born, a friend of mine invited me to CBS. And so I went to community Bible study and started reading the Bible. And that kind of introduces my road to Central. I've always wanted to be a teacher, grew up playing school and taught. I taught school before I had kids. And then once I had kids, I committed to homeschooling them for a season, which was the hardest and most wonderful thing I've ever done. Uh, but in that season of when my kids were little and I wasn't working full time and I was homeschooling, I was studying the Bible at this community Bible study. And through that Bible study, I met somebody who invited me to Central Press and just out of curiosity and through Bible study, my husband and I tried it out one Sunday. We put our son, who's now 26, put him in the nursery and went to church on a Sunday morning here at Central and never left. And we just, like sponges, we just loved hearing the gospel and preaching of God's word every Sunday and really just fell in love with the community here. And so all of our kids were raised here. I have four kids, boy, girl, boy, girl. My oldest is 26. And then I have a girl who is almost 23. And then my next son is 20. And then my daughter is almost 18. So they've been raised all through Central and we love it. Yeah, it's wild. I know. Just thinking about that. Keegan was in high school when I came here, right? Something like that, or like, like early high school. Early yeah. high school, yeah. A grown man. It's crazy. <laughs> it is. Uh, one of the coolest things to me about your story is that you played field hockey <laughs> in college, like for a university. Yes. Tell us a little about your competitive spirit in that and like what you learned from field hockey. Oh, gosh. I learned so much from field hockey. Being a part of a team, you just learn so much. Being a part of a team, having shared goals, self-sacrifice, submitting to authority, all those things have served me well. And then also just hard work and the joy of that. I, I've carried that away from sports in general, you know, just um, doing more than you thought you could do for the sake of the team, you know. So I think yeah, that yeah. it was a real blessing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a wild time. Yeah. Super fun. I, growing up, field hockey wasn't played widely right. uh, in our area. So coming here, I hear more about lacrosse, although lacrosse is getting bigger and bigger. But yeah. then I heard about field hockey. It's like, whoa, what's that? <laughs> and so it's just cool. Like now knowing about it, it's like, oh, that's an intense situation. I like that. Yeah, it's a lot like soccer. The positions are very similar to soccer. The scoring is very similar to soccer, but it's just sticks and a little white ball. Yeah. Super fun. It's just a little bit of violence. Cool. I think you would be a great field hockey player. A women's field hockey player? Thanks, man. I really appreciate <laughs> mm -hmm. that. Well, it's uh, mostly a man's sport everywhere else in the world. Really? Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Check it out. There you go. We learned yeah. something new. Go Google it. <laughs> Google magic. Yeah. If you're willing to wear a kilt. 
So, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a deal breaker. <laughs> yeah. Could be worse things. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, well, uh, what's your favorite thing about living in St. Louis or maybe favorite thing about being from St. Louis? Oh, gosh. Well, I think the most obvious thing is that my family's here, my community's here. I love being close to my parents. My parents live really close to me. I love having my sister here and my church family and my friends. I think St. Louis is just a really great place to raise a family. There's just lots of family-centered activities that won't break your budget. You know, there's a lot of free things to do here. Our yeah, parks are yeah. great. I love living in a place where there's every season. So I love having the different seasons and all the things that come with that. And I, I love the St. Louis Blues. So those are all yeah. my mm-hmm. favorite things. I'm a huge St. Louis Blues fan. Yeah, there you go. I got to go to a game with your husband. Oh, yeah. Really cool seats and stuff like that. It was just really fun to watch him get so excited about the blues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was living vicariously through him. I was like, I don't know what to expect. I'm excited. <laughs> Anyways. Fun. Matt came up with this question. It is, it's it's <laughs> oh, easy. Gosh. What is something in your Google search history that can tell us a little bit about you? Well, um, I just looked at my Google search history. <laughs> I really literally just Googled, why do my feet hurt? (laughs) (laughs) So I think that just tells you that I'm at the age and stage of my life where I'm just Googling ailments a lot and wondering how serious it is and (laughs) why do my feet hurt? Maybe I'm just so used to sitting during the pandemic that my feet are like, wait, what is this walking thing we're doing? (laughs) Yeah, why do we have to do this? Right. (laughs) Yep. That's real for sure. Why do my feet hurt? Among yeah. other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, 25 is a really hard year, so you'll you'll get a, through it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Yeah. 25. Uh, that's me. Same age as my son. Nope, wait a little bit younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's odd. It's a scandal. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was a scandal. I'm at the age where we'd rather choose scandal over old. <laughs> yeah, wait. Yeah. You, you gotta go with something. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Hey, friends. Uh, I'll take a break to say thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for going on this journey with us. Uh, that we would grow together. That we would ask the whys of what we do. Uh, it's good that you get to know some of these uh, amazing folks a little bit more. Uh, And I'm thankful for that. It really does give us a better sense of belonging and being with one another. I want to remind you that our Sunday school schedule, our Sunday morning schedule, and our Wednesday nights begin very soon. Uh, Matter of fact, Wednesday nights begin this week, September 8th. Uh, You can go to our website, centralpres.com, and find more information and to register for food if that's what you would like. Uh, Sunday mornings, we'll go back to 8.30 and 11.15. Uh, with Sunday school at 10 a.m. in the middle. So uh, please get involved. Get connected in the ways in which you can. Uh, it's been a hard couple couple years, and uh, it'd be really great for us to be together in the ways in which we can, uh, in the ways in which we're comfortable. So I encourage you to get connected, to belong, uh, to be a family. Now on with the show. So... In every episode, we kind of talk about 
just kind of the work that we do. Uh, I think one of the questions that I come across from folks I work with is why, uh, why do we do the things we do? And this podcast, especially this season in particular is uh, centered around that question. Cause I think it's important for us partly to see that the church isn't just, you know, purely reactionary, right. That we just kind of do some random stuff throughout the week. You know, it's funny is when I was a kid, I used to think, uh, I really wanted to be a garbage man because I was convinced that a garbage man only worked one day a week. They only worked the day they picked up my garbage. Well, it turns out that they work every day of the week almost. And that really crushed my garbage man dreams. Mm. But sometimes I'll get these off-handed jokes about being a pastor where they're like, oh, you only work one day a week though. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, that's not true. So, um, <sighs> but the question is why, well, you know, what do you do? Why do you do what you do kind of stuff? And this is what this season in particular is about. So we've heard from Pastor Clay and Mr. Mike and Ben and trying to figure out what each of us do and kind of the what's behind it. And so I want to do that with uh, with you. Uh, you are the director of family ministries, which kind of consists of two big spheres of kind of early childhood and then our student ministries. And so we're going to have a whole nother episode for student ministries coming up, which is exciting. And for many people, we'll get to be introduced to Taylor Bruce for the first time. Hopefully not for the first time, but maybe for the first time for, for some people. So that's exciting. Uh, but really the first question would be like, why is family ministry significant to you and to our church in, in our church context? What does it mean to you to be and to do family ministry? So that's a good question. There's so many different directions to go. But I think I'll start with family ministries to me. I think the years of watching my kids grow up and being a parent and being a teacher, interacting with kids trying to take big concepts and learning them so well that I'm able to explain them in childlike terms has been transformative for me. So I think, you know, these transformative years for our kids are definitely transformative years for all the adults around them. I think interacting with different ages is part of kingdom work, right? We're breaking down the things that keep us apart. We're breaking down the obstacles that want to make us go separate ways and hang around only people our age or that are just like us. And so I think family ministries kind of undoes that. It works against that effect of the fall and builds the kingdom in a way that transforming us. So through family ministries, through working with babies and little kids, explaining the gospel over and over again to kids as they grow in the way that they can understand it at that age changes us, helps us grow as well. For me, I feel like that is the biggest why of family ministry. It's, it's good for all of us. You know, our kids need to grow. They need to grow up, but we also need to grow younger. We need to grow more like them. Well, that's what Jesus said, you know, that the kingdom of God belongs to children. And I don't think that's because children have something special that we need. I just think that they haven't learned yet to pretend. They haven't learned to hide what they're afraid of. They haven't learned to try to be somebody that they're not. And so I think when we work with kids, we can learn that from them. We can unlearn all the baggage and all the things that get in the way of our relationship with God. And then the kids then can also grow in wisdom and learn more about God with us. 
I think that's the biggest why. I love how you use the words like change and transformation, especially when talking about kids, because that's obviously really easy to see. It's easy to see like a difference between a two-year-old and an eight-year-old. But something that I've learned from you and also seen in our ministry is that parents change as their kids change and like their parenting styles change just because that's the way that parenting works. So even like any insights or any stories about, you know, shepherding parents as they themselves change in being parents? I think just the hardest thing is just that painful shift in roles when you have those preschool years, when those blessed preschool years where you can like physically pick up your kid and put him where you want him to go, you know, where, you know, you can manage more of their lives. And actually it's good for them. It's good for those little kids to have the structure and those solid boundaries. It helps them to feel safe, but it's not good for elementary and middle schoolers if that's our relationship with them. I talked with a parent several years ago about just you can almost feel the panic and I remember feeling this of like my kid doesn't want to do family devotions anymore my kid doesn't want to sit with us in church my kid doesn't want to read their bible anymore you know it's it's just how do you move from uh, being a teacher and having these boundaries and guidelines and expectations how do you grow your role and grow those things with your kids giving your kids more ownership more choice letting them wrestle through their own relationship with God. You know, it's scary when our kids ask us questions that we don't know. (laughs) It's scary when our kids ask us about the mysteries of our faith and the mysteries of God's character, and we are unable to give them solid answers because we have to admit we don't know as well sometimes. Um, But that's actually good for our kids. It might feel scary and uncomfortable, unsettling, but it's good for both of us to come alongside each other as God's children and learn those things together. And that just takes a complete shift of roles as a parent. And then sometimes that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. We read together some years ago, the book growing young and growing with the parent volume too. And I think, you know, what's interesting about that is you are in family ministries and you have these stages of, different ways you love and teach and care for your kids. And I just don't know if I ever really thought about that before maybe reading that book. And I don't know if I ever really was able, maybe my kids were at least the first time reading, my kids were super young or not here yet. Um, But like, it's just interesting to see the kind of being able to empathize a little bit about the stages. And, you know, I get to see the other side of that, right? Where, you work with parents who are just kind of starting this out, trying to figure out what this means, you know, maybe their first kid, maybe it's their fifth kid, but we're just trying to figure it out. And then I get right at the edge of the college where like they're about to launch them and there's that, Oh no, what do we do? Are they going to make the right choices (laughs) that I want them to make? And it's interesting to know that actually discipleship starts really early. It doesn't just start at like six or like 12 or like 14. It starts with, the little things of just walking with your kids and a lot of it just being modeling, which is so crazy and overwhelming to some extent. And so all that say is one of the questions I have is what does discipleship look like for early childhood education, like early childhood discipleship? 
What does it look like to walk with your kids? What do we do at Central through our kind of programmatic understandings when it's not COVID and maybe even when it is? <laughs> but like, like, what does discipleship look like for young kids? Well, first of all, I've got a shout out to Christine Vandervoort and Jenny Smith who head up our nursery and peeps and early childhood program. They do an amazing job of discipling to babies and toddlers and preschoolers and what they do so well is um, they, for that age, they focus on really the two biggest needs. That age is just safety. Like kids at that age, well, any age, there won't be open to any kind of discipleship or they won't be open to any kind of relationship unless they feel safe. And that's a, yeah. safety is a big thing for those young kids. And so, and that doesn't mean just keeping the scissors away or keeping them away from a hot stove. It's, safe in the relationship, um, knowing what's going to happen. You know, as we talked about before, the pandemic, that's hard for kids. Just all those things, uh, knowing what's going to happen. You, you know, the kids, little kids will ask about that a lot. They'll want to know that you're going to be there. So it's safety and in, in, in their relationship with you, that it's solid. And then from there, it's just exposure. The biggest thing that our little ones have going for them is that they're like sponges. They can memorize everything. They memorize things we don't want them to memorize, right? So, (laughs) you know, their brain is wired for that. So if we expose them to the gospel and who God is and scripture at those early ages, they memorize it way easier than we do. And so those things that they memorize, if we are intentional about giving them good things to memorize, those become foundations. I like to think of them as hooks for later, more complex learning. So they've Mm. got these solid hooks. They might not fully understand the scripture verses they're memorizing, but they can stand on them later to reach the next thing. And Christine and Jenny and the PEEPS program and our early childhood program do a great job just making sure that our kids feel safe and loved, and but also they're exposed to, they're exposed to the things of God at early age. You know, one of the cool things that I've noticed, my kids have been in so far since we could get them out of the house and in a program. I love your, um, I love your kids. Yeah. But one of the cool things about Peeps, early childhood stuff, you know, it's not just a, like a daycare. It is an educational journey. I mean, they are moved into levels of learning. And what's really great is it actually gave such a good foundation for my kids so far in their learning process to think through different things. I've been so grateful for that. Because, yeah, it's not just some babysitting, right? Like people do work and they're, we're thoughtful in what we do. And, you know, one of the other cool things about the Peace Program is that it's often like kind of like an outreach for our neighborhood. You know, we don't just have central members in this program. It's, it's folks in the neighborhood. And, you know, we open up and I think it's such a cool thing that people would trust us with their with their kids right it's such a great example of family ministries transforming the whole family yeah Um, because you can't touch any one family member without touching the whole family so you know if kids are coming home from peace and maybe their parents don't know the lord yet but they're coming home from peace and they're singing songs or they have coloring sheets or they have books that lay out the gospel in different ways that is a huge outreach. There's lots of families who have come to the Lord and come to our central family through Pete. And we're really grateful for that. Yeah. So map out for us real quick about what 
all is in early childhood education? Because we've mentioned peeps and we've mentioned different things. What all is happening maybe on a normal time, not a pandemic time, or maybe even right. just in general? Uh, map to us what all goes on in those realms and maybe who runs them so we can give them a, yeah. a shout out. So um, we have a nursery program, which starts at eight weeks old and goes through three. Christine Vandervoort is the director of our nursery program, and that runs, we're so grateful to have our nursery open on Sunday mornings when there's yeah. a worship service. So we have Christine and her staff running that. We have Peeps that runs Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it's for eight weeks through pre-K. And Christine Vandervoort and Jenny Smith, as her assistant, run that along with a great staff of teachers who head up those rooms for those kids. We also have a summer program with that, Peeps. It's a miniature version of the mid-year program. And then for our Sunday school, our early childhood, and Wednesday nights during normal times, Jenny Smith is our early childhood coordinator, and we have a preschool koala room and they um yeah like like you said it's not child care child care it's very intentional discipleship in a lot of different ways and jenny does a good job with our sunday school program and our wednesday night program leading our volunteers and they just really love those kids well that's awesome and then what about kids central we have that as well and uh, the different yeah. things about that so once they graduate from early childhood then Christine and Jenny hand the baton off to Becky Hall. Becky is our elementary runs kindergarten through fifth grade. And that's where we kind of shift from exposure and the question of am I safe? That age and stage, those elementary years, parents will kind of feel a shift where kids will feel more brave and they'll want to experience more. The big question is, am I capable? Can I do this? Can I try this? And Becky does a really good job designing our elementary programming around that, just giving kids different experiences, let them figure out, try different things. Once they graduate from elementary, of course, then we pass them on to our student ministry team uh, with middle school and high school with Taylor and Matt and Ari, and they do such a good job. So middle school, that's kind of a age where they're really wrestling with who am I? A lot of parents describe it as kind of a, it's kind of turned inward. Um, and it's, you, know, you have to really fight against self-focus. They're wrestling with just some identity questions. And that's the, that's the engagement stage. So you're just trying to engage them into a personal relationship with the Lord. They're trying to figure out, what is my relationship with God like separate than my parents? And then high school, they're trying to figure out, like, where do I belong? And they're trying to figure out, how, how did God create me to express my faith? So our student ministry is designed around those questions and that kind of development for our older kids. Yeah, that's great. I love the questions. I don't know, it's so helpful to kind of navigate through those. You know, my own personal experience of growing up was, I mean, I was just asking a lot of questions. I mean, it's just what you do as a kid, You're trying to figure it out. I just think it's so helpful to model kind of our way of learning and our way of growth and transformation in that regard. So super helpful. I find that, you know, that progression, my own spiritual formation, I keep going back through that whole process. Anytime I learn something new about the Lord or about the world or myself, mm. I feel like I go back to that early childhood stage and I learn something new about God that kind of 
shakes me up a little bit. And so my question is, am I safe with this new information? Yeah. And so we start all over again. And so I think that's why it's so good to have kids around us who are going through those ages and stages because they mirror our own spiritual development over and over and over again. I never want to send the message to our kids that they're going to arrive somewhere in their faith. And, you know, then the growth is over and you finally made it. You know, as soon as yeah. you figure out how to express one thing, figure out where you belong in one area, then all of a sudden God brings you something new and then you're right back to that. Am I safe? Am I capable? Who am I? Over and over again. So I think we just keep going through it. I do anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The humble reality is you never know as much as you think you know. <laughs> right. You've never arrived. It's always a destination. Right. You know, always a journey. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think in our remaining time, I want to ask, how do you see family ministries fit within our mission and vision? And the kind of the second part about that is we've talked in each episode about kind of our annual mission and vision. So this year's particular realities of intentional evangelism and discipleship and all of that. So I'll be curious about what that looks like in the family ministries world. I love this year's annual mission and vision because it does fit so well into what family ministries, it fits great into our family ministries motto. I don't know if you've seen those orange shirts that we wear and some of the other things that we have, we have the words team family on the back of our orange family ministry shirt. And I think just that phrase expresses our annual mission and vision. You know, when you think about team, you know, like I was talking about field hockey, it's a group of people who are working toward a goal. So that's belonging to the mission aspect of it. And then family is, you know, we belong to each other, whether we like it or not, we're together. So I think that team family is that model, that mindset that we've adopted for family ministries and we try to implement at every stage. I love how that explains our mission and vision. So at every age and stage in our scope and sequence, we focus on serving and being part of a mission, being part of building God's kingdom in some way, even the littlest kids. Um, that's how we speak about picking up their toys. Picking up your toys is creating order out of chaos in a way it's undoing the effects of the fall it's working for something that benefits other people and i'm not stepping on a lego right, <laughs> right. so at every age and stage we have specific ways that our kids can participate in those goals that our larger church body has which is a really big passion of mine is just always communicating to our kids that they don't have to wait to be part of the body of christ god is fulfilling his purpose for them at whatever age they are. So that's one way to do that is invite them into our church-wide plan. Yeah, that's awesome. I love team family. It's great. Me too. Um, yeah, this is a together thing. Yeah. I mean, I think during a pandemic, this is some of the things we miss the most is right. the connection points with the people that we were connected with so frequently. Mm -hmm. I long for the day where that goes get back to whatever new normal uh, means, but I'm grateful and thankful for the work that y'all are doing and the work that we get to do together. Me too. Um, so as we head out, I've been asking this question the last few, and I think it's helpful. So what is the thing that gets you up in the morning? Like, what are you most excited about with regards to the work that you get to do here? Yeah, I think lately in the past few years, I'm excited that God isn't finished with my story and my own parenting, even though my kids are 
adults now. He can use my good days and bad days as a parent. He can use my failures and my victories and the way I discipled my own kids. He can use those for his redemptive purposes. So I can take the mistakes that I've used with my kids and God has so much grace and my kids are wonderful and (laughs) he has so much grace over their lives in spite of me. But it feels very redemptive to take the things that I've learned, even the things I learned the hard way and pass that along to other parents for the sake of other kids in his kingdom. I think that excites me to that, that God works like that and always gives us yeah. lots of opportunities to yeah. do his work. Not just one, he's not just a one chance God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not finished. No. <laughs> thanks for that. Well, Karen, thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks uh, for having thanks for- me. Super fun. Sharing your wisdom. Yeah, this is good. So I appreciate what you do. We're thankful to hear more about what you do. Just grateful for you. If we want to bug you or ask you any questions, how can we do that? Um, you can contact me at C. Lusher at Central. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love to hear from families. I love when my phone rings and I get to talk a mom through a crisis in parenting and even though I might not have all the answers, I love just communicating that parents aren't alone. We're not alone in this. We don't have to yeah. struggle by ourselves. It's parenting hard. So yeah, you can email me at kbrown at centralpres.com. I would love to have coffee or chat on the phone and connect with anybody who, who is feeling a little over their head. We all are a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Great. If you have any problems, contact Matt. Uh, so, uh, no. Well, thanks again, Karen. We'll uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for being with us today. It's good to be together. If you want to find out more about Central Prez, uh, please go to our website at centralprez.com or find us on all the social media things with the handle at cpcstl. Join us next time as we continue to learn and grow together uh, into the family of God. Blessings, friends.